Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Friday, May 5th, 2023. I'm Mike Cachopoli. All right, here we are. Big Friday night show. End of the week. It's uh, Cinco de Mayo. It was Cinco de Mayo today. Anyway, it's almost, it's almost, it's almost over. But I thought I would uh, mention it anyway. Anyone go out for great Mexican food? Anyone? What you can hear the fire alarms going. You know, you hear the fire engines, the police department, the ambulances here in San Francisco. It's a, it's constant backdrop. Um, but anyone have any? Any uh, good Mexican food today? This is a great place. You know, as much as I, as much as I complain about San Francisco, and I do claim, uh, complain a lot about San Francisco, rightfully so, rightfully so. There is some really good Mexican food here. You know, we have the the Mission District, where they have a lot of great Mexican food restaurants. You could get anything from like a you know a seven or eight dollar burrito to satisfy your hunger. Or you can go to one of those more high-end Mexican places where you're going to spend 25, 30, 35 bucks a dish. And it's like, you know, highfalutin Mexican food. Chicken mole with saffron rice and so on and so forth. Then you can get your pitcher of sangria. You know, a pitcher of sangria at a good Mexican restaurant here in San Francisco must go for about 30, 35, 40 bucks. Think about that. One pitcher of sangria, 40 bucks. I mean, it's just incredible. Uh, what is it? It's wine and fruit, right? It's red wine and and fruit, right? And that's forty bucks. And you know that the the wine they use in the uh, sangria is not top notch wine, right? It's not Coppola wine. It's cheap wine, probably house wine, right? With fruit inside it, but it's good. It's good. It's good. It's refreshing, and. Uh, yeah, so you have all varieties of Mexican food here in San Francisco. So this is a good place for that. Complain a lot about San Francisco, but as far as Mexican food goes, this is the, one of the better places that I've lived. Much better than in New York. The Mexican food in New York sucks compared to the Mexican food out west here. Where it's much, much better, much more authentic, and uh, always seems much fresher to me and just like a real deal. Not fake stuff, the, the real deal. Um, so I hope everyone had a good Cinco de Mayo. Hope everyone enjoyed themselves. And uh, here we are on Friday night. And, you know, we were talking yesterday about the incident in the New York City uh, subway, right? We were talking about the incident on the New York City subway where a, a homeless man was uh, was put in a chokehold because he was annoying people, right? Because he was coming in through asking for money, demanding money, saying he's on the edge and he's not afraid to go back to jail and so on and so forth. And he was thro he was throwing stuff at people, right? And, and people felt threatened, okay? And so uh, an ex-military guy subdued him by putting him in a, a chokehold uh, and unfortunately went a little too far with it. Or the, or the we have to see the autopsy, right? The man might have been on some drugs that made things worse, made his breathing worse. But anyway, he's dead. And so now, originally, the DA, the police didn't even charge him with anything. And now the DA is looking at charges. Of course, uh, it's Alvin Bragg. So one can usually say, well, we can expect the DA to do the right thing here. But no, it's Alvin Bragg. So we can't 
expect the DA to do the right thing here. In fact, we can expect the DA to bend the knee to public pressure from morons like AOC um, and probably charge him with something such as criminally negligent homicide or uh, I guess involuntary manslaughter would be more likely the charge. But, you know, morons like AOC who go on Twitter and say this man committed murder when he didn't um, and uh, he'll never be charged with murder. That that will never be a charge in this particular case. Intentional murder and murder is not going to happen. That wouldn't be a charge. So he could never be charged with uh, with AOC said he had done. OK, Um She's an idiot and she's a very dangerous idiot. And uh, I hope this guy sues her because he can. He can. You know, we have Dominion suing Fox simply by saying those those machines, you know, aren't to be trusted. Yet they won eight hundred million dollars for saying that. And here we have someone who's destroying someone. This guy, this military veteran, this hero, this hero is now having his life destroyed by people like AOC, who know nothing about the actual facts of the case. And of course, someone like AOC, who probably hasn't traveled on the subway alone in a very long time, if at all, if at all. Um, So she's an idiot, and and she's always been an idiot, and she's always going to be an idiot. But the people who vote for her are just as bad. So that's how she survives. Um, But when it comes to like, the governor, right? When you're getting to like people who should know a little bit better than a moron like AOC, I say we expect they should know better, but they don't know any better. And so we have the Wicked Witch of the East, Kathy Hochul. And you know, I do my uh, patented uh, Mayor Shaft Adams updates every once in a while, um, Eric Shaft Adams. And I think I'm going to start doing uh, the Wicked Witch of the East updates when I talk about Kathy Hochul, because doesn't she look like the Wicked Witch from The Wizard of Oz? I think she does. And, and, and she is evil. She's an evil person. And what she, what she said when they went to her for a comment, and you know what? I'm going to talk about Eric Adams, but I'm not going to do a Shaft update, which I did yesterday when Eric Adams opened his mouth and said the idiotic thing that, you know, uh, Governor Abbott is sending people just to immigrants, just to illegals, just to black cities, cities run by black mayors, a totally moronic, idiotic comment. So I got on him for that. But I have to admit, I have to admit that Adams said the right thing when it came to this. He said, we need to look, let the DA do what the DA is going to do. Okay, we can't be making any judgments. We have to let the law play out. And that's it. And he said the right thing. That was the right thing to say. Kathy Hochul didn't say the right thing. What Kathy Hochul said was really so twisted, so disgusting that I couldn't believe it was coming out of the mouth of the governor. Well, I should know, you know, a lot of crap has come out of the mouth of Kathy Hochul over the last couple of years since she took over for uh, for Andrew Cuomo. Boy, it's one Gavone after another, right? Is there anyone we can trust? Anyway, this is the uh, Kathy Hochul, Wicked Witch of the East update. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. (laughs) (laughs) There she goes, flying away. What would we do without YouTube? What would I do without YouTube? But Kathy Hochul said when she was asked about the incident, she said, 
I cannot believe what I just saw in that video, how disturbing it was watching a man being killed for being a passenger on the train. Being killed for being a passenger on a train. That's how she described what happened. This man that was killed was simply a passenger, a passenger, a random passenger who this ex-military guy decided to choke out. Random, random, just a guy, just a little passenger. Let me tell you something about this passenger, Wicked Witch of the East. This passenger has been arrested 44 times, 44 times. And once one of the arrests was for punching a woman in the face, breaking her face in the subway, okay? This passenger, this passenger, oh, a, a passenger, someone just passing through. How innocuous that is, huh? A passenger, a passenger. I mean, this is the most disgusting, you know, second only to Gavin Newsom, I'd say. Second only to Gavin Newsom is this awful, disgusting, horrible, brainless, vile governor, Kathy Hochul. To say that, a passenger, a passenger. Once again, someone who I'm sure doesn't have to ride the subway in New York City, all right? She's there in her elitist liberal perch in Albany. I'm sure in a beautiful, beautiful home or apartment and uh, never has to ride the New York City subway. Never has to be in that, you know, I was watching Brian Kilmeade and he uh, takes the subway, I guess. What he does is when he leaves Fox, he takes the subway to, it was either Penn Station, is it Penn Station? Yeah, Penn Station, because that's where you get the LIRR to Long Island. Of course, a much more pleasant ride. Um, but it's just easier. Someone might say, well, why would someone who makes as much money as Brian Kilmeade, and who's probably you know recognizable, I wouldn't do it if I were him in liberal New York City, but uh, it's easier. It's just if you live in New York, you understand that the traffic is just impossible. If you're going to go eight, nine blocks, 10 blocks, 12 blocks, it's easier to jump on the subway, which is right there on the corner. And it gets you in one or two stops to where you're going in five minutes. Sometimes if you decide to take a cab or an Uber, it could take 20 minutes, a half hour, right? You can miss your train. So it's just easier. It's something people in New York City used to be able to do and not worry about their lives being at risk. So he takes the subway every day from there to Penn Station to go home. And he said, he described it, and I agree with it. Once you're in that subway, you're in like this cylinder. You're in a cylinder that you can't get out of, okay? When it's between stops, you can't get out of it. And also, people who have taken the New York City subway will understand that sometimes it stops a little bit between stops. Sometimes it slows down, goes a little slower. Sometimes it might stop for a minute or two or three or ten, and you're stuck there. You can't leave. They have now, unfortunately, which I don't know why it's legal, they used to be, you used to be able to, on all the trains, walk between trains. You know, they have those doors, and you could walk between trains. But I guess morons, probably fentanyl addicts, were probably falling onto the tracks, which is almost impossible. I mean, it's such a tight spot. It's such a small little, it's only a couple of feet between trains. But I guess people were, you know, maybe young people were riding in between, and they didn't want them doing that, and people were falling down in between tracks, whatever. So now they've locked those doors. So now you can't. Only the conductor has a key 
to get in. I, I think the police have the keys to get in so they can walk between cars. But regular passengers on most of these trains, you can't walk between cars anymore. So if there's something happening in the car you're in, in the cylinder you're in, you are stuck there until the train gets to the you know destination and the doors open. And uh, so you're stuck in this cylinder with whatever nut job is in there. And yes, 99.9% of the time, it's not going to be someone with a gun, all right? But it could be someone with a knife or it could be just a crazy person with a fist that they could punch you in the face like this guy did, the one who was killed by the veteran. Um, but it's you're in this space and you can't leave. And that's very uncomfortable. And to some people who are more vulnerable, it might be seen as frightening to be in that cylinder with these crazy people. So think about it. You're in the cylinder with a crazy person <laughs> and you can't get out of it. And so this is what people in New York City, real people, have to go through. Not the AOCs or the Wicked Witch of the East, Kathy Hochul. They don't have to deal with this stuff. They don't have to deal with any of it. But for Kathy Hochul to make it seem like this army veteran just singled out a passenger and choked him to death is so fucking irresponsible. It's absolutely disgusting. It's vile. It should get her impeached. That's something that should get you impeached. It's absolutely disgusting. People might actually listen to Kathy Hochul, who don't listen to, let's see, AOC. Okay, they might actually listen to Kathy Hochul. And for the, the governor of a state of New York of 20 million people to say something so irresponsible and vile shows what a disgusting person she truly is. And once again, if you I don't want to hear any comment from anyone who hasn't ridden that subway alone at two in the morning. If you've ridden those subways at two in the morning, because maybe you work an odd job like I used to, and you're taking those subways alone at two in the morning, I don't want you to talk about the subways at all or anything that happens on them because you can't relate. You simply can't relate if you haven't rode those subways and understand what it feels like to be inside that cylinder with nowhere to go, with a crazy person uh, taunting you. And these crazy people know that. They know they have a place to go to where you are locked in with them and they can and they can taunt you, they can threaten you, right? They can make you uncomfortable and there's nothing you can do about it unless you decide to do something about it. Which is also another thing with this situation is that this is a guy, and I said this yesterday and I've watched the video again and I've read comments and I've, I've, I've looked at everyone's perspective on this. I still believe the death of this man is tangential to what happened. I believe the veteran, the man who, who choked him should not be responsible because he didn't shoot him. He didn't stab him. He didn't start beating him in the head. He did something that is overwhelmingly, majority of the time, not a lethal thing to do. We see this being done in, forget about WWF, that's fake. But in the MMA, it's real. It's real all right? They choke each other out. They knock each other out. Chokeholds are, are very big. You know, all this stuff you can do in in, in, uh, in a lot of uh, martial arts, form, a lot of things. The chokehold is something that is used in sport, and it's also used by police and military, right, to neutralize a threat. It is not a, a, a something that's, that's lethal, that's meant to be lethal. 
Now, we don't know the circumstances around that. Once again, there could have been drugs like with George Floyd in this guy's system, where if those drugs were not in his system, he would not have died from this. So if there were drugs in his system, he's, he's, he's partially responsible for his own death. But we'll see what happens with that. But either way, I think the result being he died, unfortunately, the unfortunate result of this is tangential to the case. And when you look at the track record of this man, 44 arrests, one for an assault on a female on the subway, I think, and then you and you put it together with what he was doing, making everyone feel very uncomfortable, threatening them verbally and throwing stuff at them. I don't see how any court, I can't see any jury. Let's put it this way. If you have a jury of 12 people who ride the subway, right, which I'm sure if this if the DA does charge him and it gets to the court, that's what any def- a good defense attorney would make sure of, that it's 12 people who ride the subways, all right? Um, I can't see how any jury would – I can't see how 12 people would say he's guilty of what voluntary manslaughter, whatever it may be. Now, the problem is, while I don't think any New York City jury would convict him, especially these days, the problem is – He'd have to go through all of that, right? He'd be he'd be arrested. His life is ruined. His name is dragged through the mud by the left wing media like MSNBC and CNN. So even if he was acquitted, he's still dragged through the mud, such as Kyle Rittenhouse, right, who was acquitted, yet name was dragged through the mud. Now, I think that that's the issue. So if you're Alvin Bragg and you charge him once again, I don't think there's any chance at all that a New York City jury of his peers will convict him. But you're still ruining a life. His life is, is it, life is actually ruined now, even without charges, right? Because he's, he'll be known as the guy who killed this poor homeless guy, right? As Kathy Hochul said, this passenger on the subway, this passenger on the subway, you know? And so that's the problem. That's the problem. And the problem is also a DA bending the knee to political pressure. Okay. When we've seen this before, right? Didn't we see this with, with like Hillary Clinton, right? Where with her emails and all this stuff and, and, and uh, James Comey comes out and says, no, no D no responsible DAA would file charges because they know they could never get a conviction. So Alvin Bragg, no, he has to know that based on this guy's past and what he was doing in that car and all of the witnesses who are going to come up and say what was happening and how he was threatening people, he's not going to get a conviction. He's not. So why even charge the guy? If you know, there's really no chance you're going to win the case. But we know with Alvin Bragg, that stuff doesn't matter because he loses over half of his cases. He, he loses like 55, 60% of his cases that he brings, meaning he probably shouldn't have even brought most of those charges to begin with. But he's a political entity. He's a Soros-backed scumbag. So he'll do whatever he has to do for his own political gain by charging someone that shouldn't be charged rather than doing the right thing, even though, even though he knows he's not going to get a conviction. He doesn't care if he doesn't get a conviction. He just wants to bring the charge to show, oh, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the I'm doing the woke thing. I'm doing the thing that the left wing activists uh, want me to do. Now, these these activists are so stupid. 
They're actually, have you seen their protests over the last couple of days? They're actually chanting stuff about police department, like fuck the police. What did the NYPD have to do with this? These people are so vile. They're just so full of hate that they're, what, what does the NYPD have to do with this? Why are they protesting the NYPD with this case? The man who put him in the chokehold is not a police officer. This wasn't a police activity. What does the NYPD have to do with this case? But these people are just full of hatred for police. They, they hate police and they love criminals. There's no other way to put it. I'm not exaggerating. You go, oh, Mike, they don't love criminals. No, they do. They love criminals. They believe in crime. They don't believe in law and order. They believe in crime. And I really think that, uh, who would I hear say this yesterday? Oh, uh, 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 what's his name? Anyway, on MSNBC, uh, on Fox, on MSNBC. I don't watch MSNBC. Leo Terrell on uh Leo 2.0 on Fox, he said, these people, the left's the Democrat, they don't want justice. They don't want peace. They want chaos. That's what they want. It's all about fueling chaos, making this a chaotic world, living constantly in chaos. That's what they want. And this is more proof of it. Going around chanting, fuck the police, NYPD, you know, defund NYPD, fuck cops, fuck cop pigs. It's just chaos. It's just creating chaos. And the proof is the cops have nothing to do with this case. The NYPD has nothing to do with this case other than they tried to save the guy's life. That's it. Nothing. The, nothing. No government entity has anything to do other than the fact that it's the city of New York, it's the politicians, it's the leaders in the city of New York that allow this to happen, that have created this environment, that have created this dangerous, crime-ridden environment, also where people with mental illnesses can't get the help they need, where they don't focus on, and this is what we've talked about many, many times on this show. Well, I certainly have. And that's all that really matters is that they have mental illness. And that is a big part of the problem when it comes to violence and crime. But all the left and the Democrats can do is blame the police and guns, right? That's it. It's get rid of the police and get rid of the guns. These people truly believe that if you got rid of the police and the guns, things would be better. I mean, they're they're really insane. They're insane people. But it's all they care about is the woke virtue signaling issue. They don't care about actually like helping the problem, which would be basically making sure people who have mental health problems get the help they need. Get the help they need. And if that means forcing people in, then they should do that. Who else needs mental health um, assistance more than someone who's arrested 44 times. Now, the guy was 30 years old, 44 times, 30 years old. That's more than once per year and a half. That's one and a half times by doing the math right. One and a half times per year of his life going from zero as an infant to 30. OK, so you have to take in like the first 10, 15 years also. It's still and we know. Most of his arrests probably came in the last 15 years of his life. So think about that. Think about 44 arrests in 15 or fewer years. 
ones, at least, it's probably more violence, but the one we are hearing about, because it's the most related, is the punching the woman in the face in the subway. So if, if this kind of a person doesn't need assistance, mental health assistance, then who does? But obviously, he wasn't getting it. He would just go through the system, right? He would just go through the system of, okay, commit crime, get arrested, get booked, get fingerprinted, right? Headshot, released. Again, commit crime, arrested, fingerprinted, right? Headshot, released 44 fucking times. So there was no real jail sentence, right? He wasn't, he was 30. He had punched a woman in the face, breaking her face in the subway. I don't know why he's at 30. He should have been in jail for a while for that. I don't think he was. So he didn't go to jail for an extended period of time. And he didn't get any mental health uh, assistance for an extended period of time. So there was nothing. There was no punishment and there was no assistance. There was nothing. There was just running through the system, running through the system, running through the system, running through the system. And what happens in the end? He dies. We know what happens in these cases every time. The person dies or someone else dies that they kill, right? Either they end up killing person or persons or they end up dead. We know that. That's always the result of this. Always the result of just going through the system without getting punished or help or a little bit of both. Nothing. Just the processing. And that is the fault of the leaders of the city. That is the fault of the politicians. You're on Let's Be Heard. Hey, Mike. Hey, long time no see you here. How you doing? Good, good, good. <laughs> um, I'm out for uh, a walk, getting a few extra miles in here at uh, after 11 uh, p.m. in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chest, Chestnut had a lot going on in the marina area tonight, a lot of people out, um, possibly because of the uh, somewhat somewhat good weather. There's, it's just not too cold, and the wind isn't too bad. Anyway, um, yeah, people like this Neely person, um, long before they, well, maybe not before they come into contact for the first time with the law, but long before they get to this point, um, these are people that have been kicked out of their homes by their family members because not even the fam- their family members can tolerate their behavior. This, these the, the people pretend as though these are just oh some confused um, poor soul that society has somehow left behind and and they're acting out on the subway and and oh they don't deserve this it's just bullshit because th- these people have ninety nine percent of the time they've been abandoned by their own families. Their families right. can't couldn't tolerate their behavior. They kicked them out. They said, "Don't come back." As much as it hurts us, get the fuck out of our house. And for, and and then what? You think that society, uh, police, um, social services are going to take care of this person and yeah. make them an upstanding citizen when their own family cannot tolerate their behavior? Mm-hmm. No, it's it's just mm-hmm. ask too much of society in general. Right. Yeah. It's. And a lot of these people, you wonder, you say, okay, some guy's a young guy, he's 30 years old. How, in other words, how much distance can there be from his 
having a family and living with his family, right? It can't be that much of a distance, right? We're seeing people living at home till 40 or 50 these days. So if someone's, let's say, in their 20s or 30, it can't be that long that they haven't been living with parents, right? Someone taking care of them. So you wonder, what happened? Where did all these people go? Their family, a mother, father, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, friends, whatever it may be. And what you're saying is right. They do get a shot, probably multiple shots from family members and friends. Yep. But eventually, they, they just say, We're not gonna, we can't take this anymore. You got to leave, right? Exactly. They say, get out. You're welcome when you come back if you can change your behavior. It's, 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 it's sad, but um, that is the situation they put themselves in, whether it's through addiction or it's just through their antisocial personality disorder. Um, it's, you know, it, un- unfortunately, there's a lot of naivety in this world. And there's so many people out there that, that just think that uh, they don't they don't understand that there is something that uh, we call bad protoplasm. That is, just, it's just a f- fucked up human being. And there is nothing you're going to be able to do to make it better, whether it's one percent of our population who has schizophrenia. And there is just no really good treatment for schizophrenia. Sorry, bad protoplasm. There is at this point nothing that we can do to help them. Really, um, at least when it comes to that disease, there are far more people, individuals, than one percent that are antisocial have antisocial personality disorder. A lot of people that have uh, manic depression. Um, there is a huge part of our population that has mental health problems. There's a lot of bad protoplasm out there. It's just nature. It is just the way the world is. People that have this naive idea, this Father O'Hannigan or whatever it was, that there is no such thing as a bad boy, are just naive to the point of of abject stupidity. And we have to, you cannot deal with problems like this in our society until you deal with reality. And this naive... um, Lack of understanding of how screwed up human beings can be irretrievably is is a huge part of the problem. If you don't understand that, then you're not going to make things better. And by better, I mean tolerable for the rest of society. Um, yes. And I think that we can all probably blame the politicians, and we do. But then the problem is on top of that is that you have these morons like AOC and Kathy Hochul fanning the flames of, of, of chaos, as Leo Terrell so aptly put it, when you're calling someone a murderer when they have not been charged with anything, when you're saying that someone was simply a passenger on the train, right? Just a passenger, right? That sounds so wonderful and innocuous, as though this military guy went up to a random person and choked him out. It's... It's so unbearably disgusting how these 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 same people and and what's so laughable, what's so hypocritical, as these same people are are the ones who are always going after Trump, right? For every little tweet he said, as though it was the most dangerous and inflaming thing in the world, right? They wouldn't shut up when it came to Trump. Oh, the president must watch what he says. A president can't just blabber about anything. He has to be careful because his words are taken so seriously. First of all, no one took Trump's words seriously. Who took Trump seriously? And on top of everything else, 
they are making it worse themselves. And yet they don't see that. Of course not. And it's just deplorable the way that they will, in, in order to make something like this, fit their narrative, fit a narrative that they want, the liberties they will take with the facts. It's just absolutely disgusting. And I hope that this guy, this Marine, uh, uh, Kathy Hopel and, uh, and the rest of the media, um, just like um, um, Sandman did. And okay. um, just they like, sue. Hope uh, he sues. Yeah. It's, yeah. And, and, and it's the, you know, the only way you're going to stop, shut these people up is just make them cost, make it cost them. I mean, this is this, uh, Adams was right the other day when he just told everyone to shut the fuck up on this matter. Yeah. Um, yes. For once, for once, he's he stood up and and, and uh, preached a little bit of sanity. Um, <laughs> it's a long time coming from that guy. At least he, at least he did it right. this time. Well, yeah, and he was right, and that's exactly the way any politician should handle anything that's an ongoing case, is say, let let the law play out, right? Let the, And then you can make comments after certain decisions are made, but the fact of the matter is, is that you can't, you simply can't call someone a murderer when no. they have not been convicted of murder. You can't. Of course not. You I can't. Know. It's just an awful thing. And to it, it, you can't, do. Even, even if they're charged with murder, you must say alleged. That's the way exactly. it works. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because it's a horrible thing to do to a person because it can damage the rest of their entire lives. I mean, it, it, you get you get stuck with the label like that, right or wrong. And people look at you different for the rest of your lives. And yeah, you, you well, just you can't do that kind of shit. To this people. is getting to the point now. And this this also extends to Trump. Um, although, as I said yesterday, most of Trump's tweeting was just going most of Trump's tweets. And you and I know this, and anyone with a brain knows this, was punching up. He would punch up, okay? He wouldn't go after someone on the subway who did something. You know, he wouldn't go after a hero. He would go after pol other politicians and people in high-level positions like Pelosi and Schumer. I don't care about that. Who cares? The problem with AOC and Hochul is they're going after a private citizen. Not just a private citizen, but a, a war hero. Yeah. Someone who actually also took some action. OK, that he felt he, he felt was helping those people on that train who were feeling uh, threatened. OK. And like I said, we're always talking about where are the heroes? Why don't people actually step in and do something? Why are there so many passive beta people, beta men, especially who just watch things happen and don't take action? And now here's the guy that takes action and they want to crucify him. So that's the dangerous thing is that they punch way down and there's this i guess feeling these days that these politicians think they can get away with it because oh they're just politicians and they can stay whatever they want and people understand that but no no that's not the way it works and they need to start getting their asses sued then they'll stop doing this stuff yep yep 100 percent. last thing i want to mention is a little bit of covid news yes and, and that is um there's a study um, yes. that came out this week in nature and it shows that people that uh, have had the uh, sars-cov-2 vaccination are more than twice as likely to develop vascular occlusions um in retinal vascular occlusions which is 
which, which is uh, secondary secondary to diabetic retinopathies is the uh, or I should say second to diabetic retinopathies is a leading cause of, of blindness and vi- vi- vision vision loss. So here's uh, another little uh, gem that we're learning about from the shittiest vaccine ever. Um, to more than twofold uh, increase in risk of uh, vascular occlusion, leading potentially to uh, varying degrees of blindness. Great. And, huh. and this is with it, it goes up with each booster, right? I think so. So I'd have to ch- I'd have to check the paper no, on that. What's interesting is uh, is this being covered in the media? I don't hear anything about this. Yeah, I no haven't one's heard a damn thing about the media. No, no nothing. Nothing yeah. at all. Yeah. Nothing at all. It's it's absolute insanity. It really is. It really is. I'm going to read some tweets from Jay Bhattacharya in a bit because he's been saying some interesting things. How these people who destroyed us and made all the wrong decisions, knowingly or not, during COVID are actually patting themselves on the back. They're patting themselves on the back and giving each other awards. And boy, this is quite the opposite of what we need to see happen, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, it is unfortunately is something that happens far too often. We, we saw similar sort of behavior in 2007 or so when the Great Recession kicked off because of the uh, collapse of financial markets. Um, all those people who essentially orchestrated the collapse by putting all kinds of people into mortgages that uh, they could not possibly pay. And then on top of that, packaging up these mortgages as uh, as double uh, A rated uh, bonds and selling them when they knew damn well that that they were worthless. Right. And and, and then you have people. You know, there's a movie made about uh, I can't remember the name of the guy who um, was trying to bring this to everyone's attention. Um, and and what you know what was going on in the lending industries and that there's this imminent collapse that was going to come. It, and everyone sort of celebrated this movie and, and talk about, you know, how come nobody listened? Well, I remember at the time, it was like 2003, 2004, and so many people like myself that were following this closely and following how housing market was just, um, was increasing dramatically and out of proportion to earnings, et cetera. And there was just no explaining it by normal economic uh, explanations. We're watching this and we're going, this, this is crazy. Why isn't the, the media um, reporting this? Instead, the media is just parroting whatever the Realtors Association would yeah. tell them. And, and in, in, you know, it's just great that, <laughs> that they attract a little bit of attention to us by making this, this movie and everything. But, you know, there were so many of us out there that were saying exactly that. We weren't people that were connected to Wall Street like this guy in the movie. and it's, it, it, But we're just ordinary people that just... That just follow the basics. I know. Um, and 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 what happened when all that blew up? Did did any? Very few people um, uh, went to jail over it. And even even worse. And this is a part I was getting to. Even worse than the fact that nobody was held criminally responsible in the boardrooms, in the meeting rooms. All those people who pushed putting people into mortgages that they couldn't afford, push packaging these bonds up as double A when they were absolute trash. All those people that did that, and they did it knowingly. And, yes. and 
they were rewarded while the other people that were in the boardroom and saying, you guys are being immoral. This is absolutely impossible. This, this is impossible behavior to put up with. It's going to cause major problems with their economy. All those people, they probably couldn't get a job again in, in the financial industry. But the people that caused the shit, the people that, that wreaked so much havoc, they were actually rewarded. And we, we cannot let that happen here. Absolutely. No, no doubt about it. You know, we, we can't let that happen here. You know, hey, Daniel, thanks for the call. Yep. Have I a good appreciate night. it. Thank you so much. Thank you. But we're seeing more and more of these, you know, and the problems of this shit vaccine, the worst vaccine ever invented. Um, but also, I guess what we should talk about is Rochelle Walensky. Uh, she, she left. She's resigning. Now I know the next one isn't going to be any better. We know that. <laughs> but it can't get any worse. I don't think it can get any worse than Rochelle Walensky. So she's gone. But what she'll be known for are statements like, if you get the vaccine, you can't get COVID. You can't transmit COVID. If you get the vaccine, you cannot spread COVID and you'll never get COVID. That kind of a comment, those comments are the ones that she'll be known for. And there's no getting around, oh, the of evolution of this, the evolution of a that, we learn new things. No, no, because once again, I've made this very clear when they try to uh, use these smoke screens, this gaslighting to get out of being so wrong. It was very simple. It was very simple. We think possibly, we think possibly if you get this vaccine, you're not going to be able to spread it or get it. We're not quite sure. We're not quite sure. We're hopeful, but we don't know for sure. That would have been a whole different comment to make, right? Because they knew that. They knew they weren't sure. That they knew, but they said they were totally sure. This is why I hate Fauci. This is why I hate Fauci. This is why I wish this army veteran who was on the train would run into Tony Fauci because He's such a scumbag because he said things with such certainty. No doctor does that unless they're certain, right? No doctor does that unless they're certain. If a doctor is certain, they'll say something in certainty. But if they're not, they'll say, well, there's a 60% chance of this. There's a 40% chance of that. I hope it's this, but we have to check it out. We have to wait. We have to see see if it works. We'll do more study, more tests in a couple of weeks. We'll do this. We'll do that. That's what a doctor does. But no. Tony Fauci spoke with such certainty when he said things, and he basically said, if you don't believe these things, you're a bad person. You're a Trumpy Trumper who needs to be canceled and deleted and destroyed, okay? Because there were many doctors who would say, no, Rochelle Walensky's wrong. These vaccines won't stop the spread. These vaccines probably won't stop you from getting COVID. And those voices were silenced. They were silenced. That's the problem. Once again, if you say, well, we hope these vaccines work, can't be sure because they were like developed in two and a half days, Operation Warp Speed. Trump should shove that up as you know what. But we're not sure. We're not sure. Uh, we'll give it we give it 32 percent. We give it 48 percent. But they didn't say that because then they knew fewer people would get the vaccines. Big Pharma would make their buddies at Big Pharma would make less money. And their whole agenda for the entire time from the day COVID started until now is to sell the fucking vaccine. 
So how do you sell something? How do you sell snake oil? You say, this snake oil will give you better hair. It'll make your hair grow back. It'll give you muscles. It'll give you energy. That's what a snake oil salesman does. A snake oil salesman doesn't sell his snake oil by saying, well, it might work for you. It could work. I give it a 28.5% chance of working because you know what will happen? Most people will say, I'm not buying it. It's not good enough. I'm not going to spend that money if those are the odds. That's why they lied. They knew they were lying. And whether they knew the vaccines were total shit or they knew that maybe it was a 50-50 shot at best, they still lied because they made comments like Tony Fauci and Rochelle Walensky and Joe Biden, such as, you get these vaccines, you ain't going to get COVID, Jack. You get these vaccines, you ain't going to spread COVID, Jack. So fuck her. That's her record. Lying so her friends in Big Pharma could make money. Killing people so her buddies at Big Pharma, who she sucks up to, who give her kickbacks, could make more money. That is her legacy. And that's what I think about Rochelle Walensky. Don't let the door hit you in the ass, sweetheart. So I said yesterday that I was going to talk a little bit about the Joe Biden bribery stuff. I hadn't talked about this. It's been a couple of days ago this came out that Joe Biden, there was some briberies. There was a whistleblower who said he has evidence that Joe Biden bribed when he was vice president. Uh, he, he, bribed, he bribed diplomats to get policy stuff accomplished. So if I can go into the latest on this. Multiple tips. This is from the New York Post of yesterday. Multiple tips to diplomats and law enforcement that might explain a whistleblower claim describing Biden taking bribes have emerged. As the White House, of course, said has nothing to say. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer issued a subpoena on Wednesday requiring the FBI to hand over an informant report that describes an alleged criminal scheme involving then-Vice President Biden and a foreign national relating to the exchange of money for policy decisions. I'm going to have to refer you to the Justice Department on that, National Security Council spokesman John Kirby told the Post during a White House briefing. Okay, I have nothing for you on that today. Do you know what country this pertains to, what policy decision the Post reporter asked. I have nothing for you, sir. I'm going to have to refer you to the Justice Department. I'm getting the hook. See ya. Uh, the White House did not allow reporters any direct access to the president. Hey, what a shock that is. A rarity for a weekday, meaning that Biden himself could not be asked about the claim. Comer ordered the FBI to hand over the alleged document containing the allegation against Biden at a meeting on May 10th specifying in the subpoena that the record was created or modified in June of 2020. The Post has not yet learned of a complaint that nearly matches the June, that neatly matches the June 2020 timeframe, though the created or modified wording attracted notice because it left open the possibility that the report was drafted earlier before being revised that month. One form and tip that may fit the description was given to the USNBC in Moscow, in early 2012, about an alleged effort by Russian billionaire Vladimir Yevchukhanov. Did I say that right? 
Yev Tushkinov to get close to then second son, Hunter Biden, in order to influence the Obama-Biden administration amid an investigation of his cell phone company for bribery. The tip was made to a State Department official at the U.S. Embassy and not to an FBI agent, a source told the Post. It's unclear if it was related to the Bureau, if so and when, or why such a document may have been revised in June of 2020. The State Department official was in shock and couldn't believe something so brazen could be going on, the source told the Post. At the time, the Justice Department was investigating Yuzhkinov's cell phone company, MTS, for bribery in Uzbekistan, while then-VP Joe Biden was helping lead U.S. efforts to reset U.S.-Russia relations. Yuzhkinov met with Hunter to discuss real estate twice, according to documents from the first son's former laptop, in March of 2012 in New York City and January of 2013 in Washington. It's unclear how many properties in the U.S. he may have purchased in cooperation with then-Vice President's son. Ahead of his 2020 meeting with Hunter at the Ritz-Carlton in Manhattan, Yuvechkinov allegedly said that he wanted to befriend Hunter, so that maybe he can do a favor for us and we can do a favor for him. So he scratched my back and we'll scratch his. A source who spoke with Yuvechkinov at the time told The Post earlier this year, it was a complete quid pro quo that was going in for us. So I said, I told him it's not the way it works in America, but he basically laughed at me and told me I was so naive. MTS was at the center of a long running Justice Department investigation. It's nearly a billion in bribes paid to Uzbekistani officials between 04 and 12. MTS, which was listed on the New York Stock Exchange before trading in its shares was suspended in July of 2022, ultimately settled the case with the Trump's Justice Department in 2019 and agreed to pay an $800 million fine. So this article goes on and on and on. But this is more of like the Biden's relations with other countries. We've seen this with Hunter Biden and, and China and, uh, and Joe Biden uh, being involved the thing that really stands out here are two things with Joe Biden. One, his obvious lies when he was asked while he was running for president, if he ever spoke to Hunter about his business. And he said, I never speak to my son about his business. Now, we all know that's a lie. Is anyone out there like uh, have a family? I wonder if anyone out there like has like uh, has a family and like, do you not talk to your family members about stuff? How many people out there are fathers? Do you not speak to your sons about their business? How many fathers never speak to their sons about their business? I mean, how fucking ridiculous is that idea? That Joe Biden can say that with a straight face, but this guy is such a pathological liar. He's such a pathological liar that it just comes naturally to him. The, the correct answer would be, yes, of course I speak to my son. Like every father speaks to their son about business, but I don't have any direct relationship to it. I don't have any direct, his business is his business, but of course I'm his father. So I talk to my son about business. What's wrong with that answer? But the man is such a pathological liar that he lies about everything. Anything that can possibly involve him or hurt him in the public eye politically, he lies about. So his calculations were that by saying what I just said, which is a perfectly reasonable statement, what father doesn't ever to ever, ever talk to their son about their business life would be a perfectly fine answer. 
perfectly fine. It doesn't implicate you in anything, especially when you make clear that you have no personal involvement in that business. Sure, I talk to him as a father. That's it. Who? That's not illegal. That's not criminal. But when you lie about something, it then makes you think, other people think, wait a minute, is there something to hide here? Is he worried about something? Is he worried about some perception of impropriety? Maybe because there is. But this is what happens when you're a pathological liar. No one can believe you about anything. No one can believe you about anything. And the guy's lied about, like I said, the smallest details of his life to the biggest details. Uh, he just lies. On top of that, when you hear Democrats say, oh, this is a five-year-long witch hunt by Republicans against Joe Biden, and they've never been able to prove anything, the hypocrisy, it makes me crack up. It makes me crack up. Russia, 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 steel dossier, peeing on whores. How many things did they try to get Donald Trump for? How many things? And when they couldn't, they just impeached him twice, right? For things they actually couldn't get him on. They just impeached him because they could, because they had control of the House at the time. This is a party, the Democrats, that have been going after Donald Trump since he came down that escalator. And everyone who follows this podcast, which is nearly 400, getting close to being 400 shows in, knows that I'm no great fan of Donald Trump. But it's just a fact of the matter that the Democrats and many establishment Republicans have been trying to get Trump ever since he dare come down that escalator in grand fashion, in grand Trump fashion, and, and uh, in 2015 and say he's running for president. So the call, to say the pot calling to kettle black would not be doing it justice, how the Democrats have gone after Donald Trump, okay? Now, as far as the Joe Biden stuff, what the Republicans are doing is not even a tenth of what the Democrats did. Plus, the Republicans don't have the media on their side. Remember, the Hunter Biden laptop. Let's just look a look at that. That's it's a real thing. It actually happened. It existed. Hunter Biden did bring his laptop in. This guy uh, did find stuff on it that he felt the government should know about. And this is all real. OK, remember how long they were trying to protect Biden and say that story wasn't real, that the whole thing was made up. Remember how the DNC controlled media during the 2020 campaign said the whole thing was fake, that there was not even a laptop, that a laptop that McIsaac had didn't even exist. So that's the biggest difference between the Trump and the Biden stuff is that with Trump, the media is totally on the side of the DNC promoting these fake stories, right? Backing up the fake, phony, fraudulent narratives. But with the, with the, with the Biden stuff, the media is totally on the side of the DNC. So they will, they'll pretend this stuff isn't real. They'll say there's no there there, even when there obviously is. And eventually, two years after the election, they have to admit, oh, yeah, oh, oh yeah, that, that laptop thing, yeah, it did exist. It was real. This is totally aside from whether any of these allegations can be proven, okay? If any of this stuff is real, if any of this stuff goes back to the big guy, okay? 10% for the big guy. That's real. That's a real statement. There's a guy named Bobolinsky who the DNC-owned media won't even talk to. This is the thing. Tony Bobolinsky, when they say, when they say, oh, this guy is full of shit, this guy, why, why wouldn't they talk to him? Why wouldn't these great media types 
like Russia Maddow or nervous Chris Hayes or the actor, Lawrence O'Donnell, why wouldn't they even talk to him? If he's such a phony, why don't they just destroy him? Why, why can't they easily destroy him by interviewing him? Well, they can't. They know that because he's real. And he says 10% for the big guy. The big guy was Joe Biden. Who else would the big guy have been? Who else? Who's the big guy? Jill Biden? Who's the big guy? Obama? Of course, the big guy is Joe Biden. There's no doubt about it. So the fact of the matter is all this stuff, real journalists would actually investigate this stuff. Once again, I'm going back to my days of real journalism. A real journalist would like win the Pulitzer Prize if they could disprove all of this stuff or prove all of this stuff. But they don't even bother. They don't even bother because they like Joe Biden and they like the fact that he took out Donald Trump. They wanted him to take out Donald Trump. He's their hero for taking out Donald Trump. And they'll never do any real journalism in this case. And that's the real shame of it, that there's no one out there that's even um, ambitious enough to take it on and say, wow, what what a great journalist I'd be. I mean, I could make my mark disproving all this or proving all of it. Let me let me go into it. Let me let me take a look at it. Let me investigate it. They don't even do that much. They don't do that much. They don't interview Tony Bobolinsky. They don't ask the tough questions. They don't do anything because they simply don't want it to be real. They want to make it so it looks as though it's a witch hunt. That's that's the that's the narrative. You understand? That's passed down from the DNC to the friends, their friends at the media. This story must be crushed. And we've seen this in the Twitter files, right? We've seen actual real evidence of it. And by the way, the Twitter files are real too. Those are real too. And in the Twitter files, we saw this. We saw people like Fauci saying, no, we must squash this. We must squash this. Not that there's no um, uh, credence to any of this. Not that this isn't a real issue. We must squash it because it hurts our narrative or it hurts us personally or it links us to corruption personally. We have to squash this. It proves we are liars. We have to squash this. That's what it's all about now. The DNC sends their memo to their friends and the media, which is all of them, almost all of them, and says, this is what we want you to do. Once again, we saw this in Twitter. It's direct contact. Please squash this. And they do it. <laughs> it's, it's absurd. Real journalists, if the government <laughs> said squash this, they would right away start investigating it. That would be the red flag right there that the government want them to squash something. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a red flag right there? And yet, instead of saying, oh, my God, look at this. This is manna from heaven. There has to be something here. They want us to squash the story. Let's investigate. They go, okay, we'll squash it, sir. Yes, master. It's disgusting. It really is. We are living in the worst age for journalism ever. We could be witnessing the end of journalism because just like with COVID and the medical industrial complex and the medical industry. I don't know how we come out of this. I don't know how journalism survives. I don't know how the medical industry survives after all of these hits they've taken, after we've seen how full of shit they are. I don't know how it survives. 
I don't know how, how it, it saves this reputation. I don't know how journalism saves this reputation. I don't know how the medical industry saves this reputation after the last few years. I don't think it can happen. I think it's forever gone. What we knew of these institutions are forever gone. They don't, they simply don't exist anymore. And I don't think they ever will in our lifetimes or, or beyond. I don't, you know, and we have a president who the extension of all this stuff is that he doesn't have to talk to the media, right? He doesn't have to talk to the media. He doesn't have to do press conferences. All right. He considers, he says he's doing a press conference and then he does an interview with MSNBC thinking that is a press conference. <laughs> There's a difference between an interview and a press conference. An interview is someone interviews you. Hi, I'm Mike Kachopoli, President Biden. Here are my 10 questions. That's an interview. A press conference is there are several people from the media. You stand at a podium and you take questions from them. That's a press conference. So Joe Biden seems to not even know the difference between a press conference and an interview. So another, once again, it's, it's when I lived in New York and I hung out with the liberals, they, they would always talk about how the New York Post was fake, right? Everything from the, oh, the Post is a right, right, right wing rag. I can't believe they exist in New York City. Well, they're also, I believe, the second own, oldest uh, journalistic institution. I believe the second oldest, if I'm getting that right. Uh, the oldest of the second oldest. And they're really the only place you can go to now where you don't get DNC-sponsored uh, memos, where you don't get DNC-sponsored media, state-run media, okay? Like Elon Musk had put it on, on Twitter next to NPR and PBS and so on and so forth. The only place where you don't get state-run media is on it's the New York Post. That's it. And so <laughs> speaking of Cinco de Mayo and, and Mexican food, President Biden avoided questions from reporters earlier today by falsely announcing a major press conference before ducking out to grab lunch at a local taqueria ahead of a one-on-one -on -one interview with MSNBC. Or was it a bodega? Was it a taqueria or we should ask Jill Biden, was it a taqueria or a bodega? The 80-year-old president raised eyebrows two days after congressional Republicans disclosed a bombshell bribery claim against him when he cut off questions by saying he'd answer them later. We've got a lot of work to do, and I'm doing a major press conference this afternoon. He said he's doing a major press conference this afternoon, Biden told reporters. So I love you all, but I'd like to have you leave so we can get down to business. Biden's staffer later told the press corps the president misspoke, possibly thinking of an interview with MSNBC 11th hour host Stephanie Rule that is set to air at 10 p.m., was set to air 10 p.m. Friday, when many would-be viewers will be out marking Cinco de Mayo with a tequila or a Mexican beer. As reporters continued to shout questions, Biden added, I'll be happy to talk to you about that, but not now. We'll get a chance to talk about all of these things, I promise you. So once again, he avoided and avoided and avoided. The president instead spurned the press 
and took his motorcade out for lunch with Vice President Kamala Harris at Taqueria Habanero in Northeast Washington, D.C. His press staff said Biden ordered a chicken quesadilla and churros, plus an assortment of tacos for AIDS. Wow, hard-hitting stuff, huh? I tell you, I tell you, that Biden, he's just out there <laughs> doing the job, doing the job. And he on his social media, on Twitter, he has a photo of him and uh, Kamala in a limousine in his car. And he said, get in, folks. We're going to lunch. Get in, folks. I guess so. But the media wasn't allowed in. The media wasn't allowed in. So this is very typical. Once again, I ask you, if uh, Donald Trump had done the same thing, if there was something involving him and a scandal and a bribery and he decided to go out to lunch and he took selfies of him and his vice president, him and Mike Pence going out to lunch at a taqueria and then said he was doing a major press, con press conference and did an interview with a talking head at MSNBC instead. What would happen? What would, would there be a, just a story in the New York Post? Would there be just one story in the New York Post? What do you think, folks? Well, I know I'm being a little silly here because we know what would happen. It'd be never ending how Donald Trump avoided. What would the headlines be? Donald Trump um, avoids media amidst bribery, amidst bribery scandal. It wouldn't even say bribery speculation, right? No, it wouldn't say that. It would say amidst bribery scandal. We know that, right? Just as a few days ago when Joe Biden called a Muslim man uh, a boy, when he said, shut up, boy, what would have happened if Donald Trump said that? Not only did we not hear anything about this, you had to do a deep search. You had to go to deep Internet, deep Google to find anything on Trump calling this guy a boy. And now a few days later, it's gone. No one's even talking about it anymore. What happened to that? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? What happened? What happened? From a mighty wind, by the way. What happened? What happened? So once again, the double standard, the constant double standards with the media and Joe Biden. Confirming Biden's confusion, his press aides declared a lid for pool reporters at 2.21 p.m., meaning there'd be no additional live events to cover. That's it. That's it. The aborted pressure would have been Biden's first White House news conference since November, November, and taken place 48 hours after congressional Republicans subpoenaed an FBI informant file said to have contained an allegation that Biden accepted bribes while he was Barack Obama's VP. House Oversight Committee James Comer issued a subpoena as we just spoke about, requiring the FBI to turn over the document by May 10th. Biden has not taken any questions about the allegation since it was levied. On Thursday, he held no public events, and a White House spokesman referred to questions to the Department of Justice, telling the Post, I have nothing for you on that. They love that. They love that. Once again, this double standard. How many times did we hear during the Trump administration? By the way, Trump gave tons of press conferences, I believe, so many press conferences. I think only was it Obama or Bill Clinton. I think Bill Clinton gave more. But Trump gave so many more press conferences than Joe Biden. It's not even close. Not even real press conferences, not interviews with talking heads. Press conferences. But how many times did we hear? I don't remember hearing constantly 
with the left-wing reporters screaming out questions about Trump's quote-unquote scandals, uh, I refer you to the Justice Department. I have nothing for you on that. They love saying that. Talk to the Justice Department. I have nothing for you. Who? Who? Who at the Justice Department? Who? Which person? Where? This... But once again, this is what you can get away with when you have the media totally in your back pocket. When you they're basically bought and sold. The media is bought and sold. The Democrats own the media. They own them. So once again, going back to Trump's comment that at the time I thought was over the top, uh, that the media is the enemy of the people, I now think that is an understatement. I think it's an understatement that they're the enemy of the people. I think they're the enemy of civilization. They're the enemy of, of society. And they're proving it. This is not that Trump is all of a sudden right. They, they're proving it over and over again because they don't hold Joe Biden accountable for anything, okay? Whether it's scandals and the way his scandals and Trump scandals were handled, um, there's no fairness when it comes to that. Press conferences, uh, uh, demanding answers, uh, when Biden, even the smallest things, when Biden's walking up the stairs to Air Force One and falls 17 times, there's no coverage of it. Trump, remember when Trump went down that little slope and it was raining and it was slippery and he was simply just, he didn't fall. He didn't look like an idiot like Biden does going up the stairs. He just simply held on and took like kind of baby steps for about what, maybe 20, 30 feet. So he didn't fall and slide down just as any normal person would have done it. A 20 year old may have done the same thing. The only person who may not have done that is Obama. But Obama was young and different. And remember, he flew down this. He had to fly down the stairs to show how, you know, how how healthy he is, how great shape with his washboard abs. He was in great shape. So he would run down the stairs and not even hold on to the sides. But every other president I know, a little bit of W also, because he was the same way, very vain about his appearance and physical appearance. But most presidents would hold on. Right. And so they made a huge deal out of that, that Trump was feeble and old. They, I think even some people may have said we need to use the 25th because he can't walk down this without holding it. Yet Joe Biden walks up the stairs and falls and gets up and falls and gets up and falls and gets up. And they go, oh, yeah, don't even cover it. If they do, he's well, he's an older guy. You have to make exceptions. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, we used to talk about the liberal bias in the media, but it's never been more apparent or provable in a court of law. I could prove this. Um, any of us could that there's a double standard, you know? And so this guy gets away with everything. He could get away. Trump is the one who said if he stood in Times Square and uh, and just started shooting, that there'd be no repercussions, that people would still vote for him. But that is like a hundred times for Joe Biden. Joe Biden could stand in Times Square and shoot and the media wouldn't even cover it. They wouldn't even cover it. And so it's getting kind of scary, these double standards, because we can't trust the media anymore. We can't trust them to tell the truth, to report on a Republican the same way they would report on a Democrat. We can't trust them to simply tell the truth, report the facts, report the facts. If Joe Biden, and I'll take the small thing, I'll get the Karthik. Hey, Karthik, I see your head popped up. Hold on. Um, <laughs> They'll take the small thing walking upstairs, right? Just cover it. 
If you got, if the president's walking up the stairs and he falls six times, just cover it. That's all. Cover it. And I, I will think, let the public think what they want. If the public wants to think this guy is a total old demented fool, fine. If the public wants to think, oh, he's an older guy and he just happens to trip, fine. They can think what they want, but cover it equally. Hey, Karthik, long time no speak. How are you, Mike? Karthik, you there? Hey. Yeah. What's up, Mike? Hi. Hi. What's on your mind? How you doing? Yeah, how is my uh, very good friend Mike from Colin doing? I think I'm all right. I think I'm all right. I'm happy because the week is almost over. You know. Did you do anything today? I did. I did. In fact, did you do any? Well, I'll ask you first. Did you do any Cinco de Mayo stuff? Uh, no, no, no. I well, I did stuff, but it wasn't about Cinco de Mayo. I played oh. tennis twice, oh. and I saw uh, Guardians of the Galaxy three. Oh. Oh, you know what? This is perfect. Thank you for calling. Okay, so what I did tonight was I went out with some friends. Daniel is included in that group. So we went out to an Indian restaurant. Oh, really you, nice. you, you guys met in person? That's cool. Oh, we've known each other for a long time now. Oh, Daniel. okay. Yeah, I, I've known Daniel since before I started doing the podcast. Um, That's fine. But uh, so we went out to this nice uh, Indian restaurant and we hung out. But because I decided to hang out with friends and have some human interaction, I didn't get to see guardians of the galaxy which means also because i'll talk about that later but so i'll see it eventually maybe next week but what did you think um well i, I, I don't want to spoil it for you, obviously but it's well, just, what's your opinion what, would you like it okay like i've never like i i really liked the first guardians movie uh-huh. i thought it was fantastic i fucking hated the second one i think the second one is like it's really horrible like, like i don't know if you remember if you i'm sure i'm, I'm guessing you saw it but the second one is like nothing but like nonstop jokes, like, and they're all horrible. Like, like it's like they took all the jokes from the first movie, mm-hmm. but they like stretched it as much as for, like it, 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 it like pretty much like every scene had like some dumb horrible joke in it. Uh huh. Yeah. And and uh, did did you see the second one? I I don't no I didn't see the second one. No. Okay. Well, like remember remember how, how like Groot was like really popular and stuff, and like they sold like a bunch of toys and shit. Sure. He was like in it the second movie, like nonstop. Like, like he's like, and he acts like super cute every like second of the movie, but it just doesn't work. It just which is character? Super which character is that? Groot, you know the uh, tree. Oh right, right. Okay, okay. It's just like uh, he was so like but this movie, like the third one. It's just okay. Yeah, there's some good moments. There's some bad moments. It's just like after, like there are definitely like some like um, heartwarming, like sad and compelling moments because this is kind of like like a, a Rocket Raccoon origin story too. Like you gotta right, you right. know. So it, there definitely are some good ones, but they're also like because like because like I said, like none. I don't think uh, any of the jokes work in this movie either. Like I still think that the first one is by far like the most superior one. But like second one, like where I got really mad, and I, I really hated the second one. I think this is just okay. It's like not great. It's not bad. It's just okay. So you just think it's too jokey? Not enough good action? Just too um, many? I think no, it's not even yeah. that. There's enough not enough action. So yeah, obviously there's action, but no, there's just nonstop. Well, I I think third one, there's a lot less comedy or quote unquote comedy, let's say. Right. Thank God. But the second one had that problem like nonstop. Like it's like, oh my gosh, just shut up! Like we can't. It's, it's like you can't respect any of the characters. We, we always have to mock somebody, you know. And I'm like, we can't take these like you know beloved characters seriously. But what I know, like I said, the, the third one's definitely better. But it's just okay. And I say the second one was really horrible, like really, really bad. But yeah, this one is just okay.
Yeah. So, you know, and by the way, Karthik, like if you were here in San Francisco, I'd be your friend too. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Um, if, <laughs> if, if if I'm ever in the Bay Area, we'll, I'm not we'll eliminating be... you. My circle. Yeah. It's <laughs> very nice of you. Have you seen that thing? Are you on Twitter, Karthik? Um, not really, but no, I, I I do have an account. Have you seen the those circles of friendship people do? Have you seen that thing? I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, it's like people will take, in other words, they'll take like your little icon here, your little avatar. They'll take their like Twitter avatar and they'll put it in this in the center. And then they'll put all their closest Twitter like contacts around it. And they'll have like three levels. And the people who were closer to them in the middle is more of their inner circle. And then it goes out from there. You haven't seen these things? It's called like a circle of friendship Circles or something. Are, I don't you know, know it, it sounds dumb. It does. It is incredibly idiotic. Not I thought it was a young person thing. You would know what I'm talking about, but I guess that's not the case. Okay. That's not the case. It's, but no. So, yeah, what I did today, Karthik, thank you for that little review, by the way. So you'd say mixed review, mixed review. Yeah, it's just okay. It's like not bad. So better than the second, but not as good as the first, right? Yeah, because you said you didn't see the second one, Ben. Thank God you saved a lot of time. So I would actually, okay, all right. So I, have, I, have, really I don't have that one to compare it to, you see. So that's. Who knows what's happened, but maybe I'll see it. I might, I might do the review next Friday. Yeah, I, I mean, like, there's kind of like this like annoying stick in it because like Peter um, Quill, Star Lord, Chris Pratt, like because like um, uh, like he, he he's like trying to get Gamora, like who's like a who's kind of his girlfriend back then, but like it's like a different version of her. Like he's trying to like get her to love her again or let me love him again, but she doesn't because like her memory's gone or whatever. Mm. It's just annoying. Like, oh my gosh! Like give it, give her up. Like she, 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 she doesn't love you. Like she doesn't want you. Let her go. Like shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, like, like a, a big part of the movie is that. So I guess that was annoying. But like, but like the stuff with the rocket raccoon is, I guess, is nice. You know, those actors are pretty good though. There's some good actors in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah, it's, just, it's just okay. It's much better than the second one. Okay. So you you also played tennis. You said. Yeah. Yeah. Are you like Djokovic? Are you that quality? Yeah. No, no. I mean, <laughs> Novak Djokovic is a uh, world number one. So, okay. so nobody can be his quality. Actually, <laughs> that would be impossible. Nobody can be better at the moment. Hey, he's um, gonna, he'll get to play this summer because they're ending the vaccine. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Okay, like, no, I, I, I'm addicted to tennis. Like, I, I fell in love with tennis before I fell in love with any girl. So I know uh, <laughs> all, all, all there is to know about tennis. <laughs> okay. Well, that's that's all right. That's that's normal because you probably yeah. fell in love with tennis when you were like eight. So no, when I was 14, I used to hate it. Like, I have a hate-love release. Like, I used to hate it, and I say it as a hate-love because I used to hate it. But ever since I was 14, I love it. But, no, um, yeah, no, I, I love, like, I, I played today. I'm, I'm playing, I'm playing, I played twice today, and I'm playing again tomorrow. Um, so that will be not fun. An easy, it, it's not easy. It's not as, as easy as it looks, is it? I mean, you have to move. The cardio. No, no, it's, really... it's, it's very difficult. It's a very uh, specific set of skills. That takes Ooh, years. You, you, you're Liam Neeson now. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just speaking from the heart. You, it is. It is uh, a very specific set of skills: hand-eye coordination, a lot of like uh, movements, quick movements, a lot of uh, cardio. It's not easy. You have to be in pretty good shape. It's not. It's not a sport. You can be fat, right? Probably not. Um. Well, you know, uh, sometimes uh, willpower can help a lot. You know, and if. You know, and even if you're not fast, but like you at least like try to move early, then you know. But you know, but uh, it it, it can be fun for anybody. I think. Do you play at gyms or tennis courts? Doesn't matter. 
no, of course. Like I like, there's not. I I I don't know. If, there's probably very few gyms. Like I doubt many twenty four hour fitnesses have. Uh, no, you got to go to like a racket, ten, racket and tennis ball club, right? Tennis racket, racket oh. ball, tennis club. Uh, yeah. Well, I think those. What? Yeah. But the where I play it is like just like uh, nearby um, courts. It's, it's you, not you have a you have a set group of people you play with. I uh, kind of yeah. Oh, okay. Well, if you come out here, you could teach me. I like to learn. I've I've tried when I was young. Why would I come to the Bay Area to play tennis? I'm just saying, if you have, maybe it'll be a tennis match. Are there any big tennis matches out here? Um, there used to be a tournament in San Jose, but not anymore. Oh, okay. So that's the end um, of that. It got canceled in twenty uh, after twenty thirteen. Southern California has some, don't they? Yeah, there's one in like Palm Springs. It's like one of the biggest in the world. It's um, it's it's called it's in the city called Indian Wells, which is like right next to Palm Springs. Yeah, and that one's pretty big. Yeah, I think I tried to play tennis when I was younger. I just didn't have the, I didn't have the I didn't have the coordination, you know, to hit the ball and to hit it so it goes direct over the net not like all the way you know i hit it and it would go like all the way to the opposite end it would i couldn't hit it straight i didn't i i guess you have to just learn you have to yeah, practice takes, makes perfect it takes right? years of practice but no it can be very frustrating you know because it's like easy to like make mistakes and whatever and like, uh, it's not a team sport so like not like soccer basketball you know so it, it can feel very lonely at times because you play kinda, doubles do you play doubles um i prefer singles but okay. i played up some of them but like i i like singles a lot more just because you know, I'm I'm not into that uh, teamwork shit. No, um, you're you're a very much a singular sort of you know individual kind of guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not really into you know. Good job, partner. No, <laughs> I'm not really. Into <laughs> oh, <that>. you know. <laughs> Golly, Willikers. You're not like like a, like like baseball or hockey where it's a team sport. And you're no, all working no, in unison. No, I, uh, <laughs> it's not really my thing. Yeah. Okay. You know, so when someone has a bad game, hang in there. You're not that kind of guy. He's just like, hang in there, hang uh, in there. No, I, I probably wouldn't say anything. I, I'd probably just like, because like, because I'd probably just like be focused on winning. Because I'm a very competitive person. So, um, well, no, t- t- tonight I played doubles because it was like a like it was like a, like a tennis. I don't know what it's called, a mixer. So whatever. So like it was like oh. an hour and a half, and like every 15 minutes. Have you like heard? You would, you would like switch partners. Have yeah. you heard of pickleball? Um, yeah, no, I'm playing pickleball again tomorrow. I, I've played once then. I'm playing tennis and pickleball tomorrow. You play pickleball? I hear pickleball is a lot no, of fun. I, well, no, I've I've only played pickleball twice. Both of them were this week. I played on Sunday and I played Tuesday this week. But that's, would you say pickleball is a little bit easier, right? You can learn oh, it's, it easier. It's much easier. It's like a mix of tennis, badminton, and ping pong. Right. And it, it's it the court is like a quarter size tennis court. So it's much. Yeah, we have a lot of like senior citizens are playing pickleball too. Older yeah. people and, and and like most of the action is at the net, so you don't have to move that much. Um, right, it's yeah, becoming it's, a it's big fun. thing. There are like pickleball teams that are owned by like Tom Brady and stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, and like uh, LeBron James or whatever. Yeah, um, do you think it's really going to take off? Um, I don't know. I hope not. Like it is making some tennis players because like a lot of tennis courts are being converted to pickleball courts. Oh no. So that's, yeah. you know, so um, that's something that me and other people are not um, very happy about. But, you right. know, it's, 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 I, like I said, I played it twice and I'm playing tomorrow. You know, it, it, it's fun. How about golf? You ever play golf? Uh, I've never played, like, actual golf, but I like mini golf. Oh, mini golf. Come on. Come on. <laughs> so you hit the ball through the, like, through the little thing, the little house. You hit the ball into the 
into those things that with these they um, have that little yes you hit the, you hit the golf ball through various obstacles yeah 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 it's that's kind of a family thing right yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's like a fun, like, just saying you know, like, with your a friends, date. or it's like, like yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely that. like a fun date night. That, that fun. is true. Yeah. Okay, that's good. So you, you're you're an athletic guy. You're an athletic guy. Um, I, I I don't know. I I don't really think of myself like that. Like, I, I play tennis because I love it. You know, I have a lot of fun. You know. Yeah. Um, like I, I know, like, like often, like sweating has like a negative connotation and stuff. But I don't know. There's just nothing. Like the feeling of like sweating because you're you know moving or having a lot of fun in tennis. That's or what even I mean. Pickleball too. Uh, here's oh. the thing: I, I work out five days a week, but I do mostly weights and machines. You oh, know, okay. and I'm not a sweaty person. I don't unless it's very hot in the in the place. You know, and gyms are air conditioned, so I don't sweat and I don't feel like I'm really doing anything, even though I know I'm doing stuff. Yeah, but it's when not you sweat, fun. you feel like you're accomplishing something, right? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's disgusting, but it also feels like you're accomplishing well, something. I don't know, like for me, like I, I feel like it's disgusting. But if you sweat from like other shit, like let's say like you're like it's really hot day or whatever, you know. But like, um, but if if I'm sweating from tennis or even pickleball, you know, this guy, I I love it. You know, it means yes. that I'm you know I'm working and I'm having fun and, I, and I'm enjoying myself. You know, um, so it's just like you know all the good endorphins and you know uh, uh adrenaline rushes. You know, all those are. Uh, you know, and it helps you sleep at night too when you like you know exercise or sweat a lot. Really, it does, especially when you have a really good workout. You really yeah, sleep I mean, like much yeah, like, like I really like swimming in the gym. Like I, I find going to the gym kind of monotonous, but like I really like swimming. I mean, and I like playing tennis and and that pickleball is fun too. Um, but yeah, I really like tennis and swimming. That's how I like to exercise the most. Not like go to the gyms or use machines or uh, dumbbells or whatever. What is Bobby saying? You have a sweat. That should reveal a mystery message in my shirt. Do you know what that means, Karthik? I don't know. There's lots of weird people on call. Like, like I can't take <laughs> We don't the know time. if Bobby's weird. He's, I, I think like, no. maybe it's like when he means like a real deep sweat, like where you can almost see like his his body underneath. Is that what you mean? Sure. What I, I don't know. Man. No, like there's too many weird people on call, and you can't take the time to try to decipher every one of their coded language, okay? It's a waste of time. I thought you were weird at the beginning, but now I'm getting to think you're not so weird anymore. Oh, why did you think I was weird? Oh, I don't know. I'm kind of because a random I guy. said don't vote for DeSantis? Is no, that kind of a, well, that's not weird. That's wrong. But, you know, just like a random guy, you know, random stuff, a lot of random stuff, like how you doing, what are you talking about, what's going on? But now I'm getting your vibe a little bit more. I'm getting a... I'm feeling a connection. So author. because I asked you an honest question that makes me weird, what should I have should have said? Shut the fuck up, asshole. Vote oh, Democrat. I love that. Uh, that so that gets me going, instead. man. You're talking my language now. You're talking my language now. Yeah. So what's your big – so are you happy that Djokovic is going to play? You are, right? Yeah, gonna... like, yeah, he's my favorite player. Like him and, and this other guy, called, he's from Switzerland. He's called uh, – his name's Stan Wawrinka. He's also oh. won three Grand Slams. Like he and Djokovic are my um, favorite – uh, people, uh, favorite players, favorite people in tennis. Ah, okay. I hope he wins now. I hope he comes here and he kicks everyone's ass. Well, he kind of already. I, I, I don't know if I was that much, but but he he did that already in Australia, like where he like you know because remember last year he was yeah. banned, deported, yeah. and this year he was able to play. Um, and he was very dominant. Like, like he only dropped one set, but like pretty much like like nobody was uh, even close to his level. Um, right. but yeah, you know. 
hopefully, you know, and, and he's playing in Rome next week and then Paris the week after. So I'm wow. looking forward to uh, um, oh. seeing him play on TV at least. How old is he? Um, he's turning 36 this month. So he's getting up there. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, like he's known for like, for like eating, like he's probably like in all of like sports. He's probably like the healthiest athlete. Like, like his, I'm not like, like he, he literally just eats like uh, vegetables and nuts and like another plant protein. Like he's like super like health conscious. Like, um, yeah, like, like I don't think there's actually a single athlete in all of sports, not just tennis, that eats healthier than him. Like, cause, no. like, cause, because like there, there have been a lot, like several athletes in, in other sports, like, you know, like, that, that that ask him for like um health or nutrition advice so like um so, so everyone knows and um and yeah like he's like super flexible like he's probably like not like i he he might like if if he like you know trained earlier like he could probably make it in gymnastics because in tennis by far like it's not even close like he's definitely the most flexible like person like man or woman in tennis yeah 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 Right. Which is surprising because, like, because usually I, I thought that women were more flexible than men because, like, I don't because they're a skeleton or something. I don't know, but yeah, like, he, like, like he he's he's more flexible than, than even and and any uh, uh, women. Are you saying there's a difference but, biologically between men? And oh women? my gosh, dude. Okay, let's not get into this again. The, if we talk about transports, it'll like be never ending. Um, but yes, I do agree. There are differences between uh, men and women. I'm gonna. I have to. You know, this very anti woke. I have to have some kind of a siren when someone says something that's not woke. We have to have like a siren blast. An anti yeah, anti woke. I don't even siren. like the word woke because it doesn't really mean it. I I just feel like woke is just something that word that people use to you know say something that they don't like because like because right. like so it doesn't really mean anything anymore. Like I I feel like it used to mean like like how you know what how it, I feel like for a while. It replaced the term PC, but now it doesn't even mean that. It just means like, oh, I, I, I don't like that thing, so that thing's woke, or like that person's woke, because I don't like what they're saying. So, but no, yeah, sure. I guess it, it is theoretically in today's society, among certain circles, it is anti-woke to say that women and men are different in uh, some ways. They're different in so many ways. I can't tell you yeah, how many yeah, ways. Yeah, true. There are a couple of ways. There are maybe two ways they're the same yeah many, many um, ways <laughs> uh so oh did you see the clip i think it was from monday where like kamala harris was like part of her campaigning thing and like she said the young yeah that young people are dumb it's like oh that's why we put them in dorms i just feel like that's like such a dumb thing to say because like if you're campaigning like you know to win the presidency again like it's not good to like insult the young people because because that's because because if young people didn't vote for them in the midterms or in, you know 2020 then yeah. um they wouldn't saying- have won that Kamala like, Harris said dumb thing. I can't believe that Kamala Harris would say a dumb thing. It's shocking. shocking. No, I, I'm telling you, Mel, it's like Kamala and Nancy. Well, like Pelosi doesn't speak anymore, so, you know, we're going to see a lot less of her. But I swear, Pelosi, Kamala, and Joe were, like, competing to see who has the worst dementia. I swear. Like, they all sound horrible. Oh, by the way, the New York Times, this reminds me, the New York Times editorial board has now called for Dianne Feinstein to resign. That's a big one. When the oh, New York Times dumb. goes yeah. after you and you're a Democrat, like Diane Feinstein, you know your time's up. So well, no, they up. no, I don't consider this brave because like people knew she had dementia like ten years ago, or like at least five years ago, at least five, yeah. like maybe like seven or eight, two or ten. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I don't even consider this to be brave. This is like five, at least five years away. Of course, but at the fact they did it at all, you know, is pretty. 
amazing. It yeah, means that and like probably yeah, and also like uh, I think they're doing like like some other people in the establishment have called her to resign. Like I, I you know. So that's probably why, like, it's finally happening after like many, many years. Yeah, I think but did like, you hear Nancy Pelosi? This is totally sexist, Carthy. I don't. Who gives a shit? Um, <laughs> what happened to Nancy? All of a sudden, we don't hear from him that much anymore. Everyone's well, no, like, like you, you, you don't hear from Pelosi much anymore because she's not speaker. Like she's just like, uh, like I'm like she's still part of leadership in the House. But she's not a like the spe- the speaker, let's say. Yeah. But no, but Feinstein, like, no, she said she was going to retire like shortly, but like that hasn't happened. Like, I don't know where she went shortly. Means like does she just shortly mean tomorrow or does shortly mean like next year? Um, I don't know. I don't know. So I, who knows? Which... But hey, if she resigns and uh, Gavin Newsom's going to nominate somebody, your favorite. Well, person and Kevin Kiley, the great Kevin Kiley, has called for a change in that where he believes the people should be able to elect someone if a senator resigns or dies. Well, I mean, that yeah. kind of happens anyway, because like, cause after like, you know, there's a, a nom- like an appointment to the Senate, like there's like a special election, like, I don't know, like two well, months or three months later. So that's the already happens. The, the, the person then has the power of the incumbency. Okay. So the governor knows that. So they're going to yeah, have a leg up by giving them the power usually, of the incumbency. Like, special elections happen like pretty quickly I, I let me like, tell you within I'll, a few months you, like two three months at most. well let me give you a yeah you're right a special election but kathy hochel right who was a nobody she's an idiot and she was took over because andrew cuomo couldn't keep his dick in his pants and of course she had the power of the incumbency which gave her the edge over uh, okay but the thing about kathy hochel is like she was still elected like she was elected to be the uh, lieutenant governor so people you know, like uh, they they still voted. The lieutenant for governor, in. no one cares. There are yeah, a couple I of know, states, but she was still like legally voted in. Yeah, 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 yeah. The lieutenant governor is garbage, but it's like it's like deputy mayor. The fuck yeah, is doesn't have much mayor? power, but still, she was voted in. So it's like so. It, it's not the same as the Senate election, which would just be a, like an appointment, not but an election I, I, at all. I'm going so it's to, different. I, I'm going to play devil's advocate in a way here. Not really devil's advocate. I disagree. I think that if Kathy Hochul hadn't been the incumbent. A governor, I think Lee Zeldin would have beat her, but that two or three point difference was probably because she was the incumbent, you know, and that carries some weight with it. Sure, so but I, remember, she I like was elected in the idea. first place. Right away, call an election. Right away, they do it all the time in other countries. They call the, no confidence vote, and they have elections, and they have an election quickly. Just do it. That's all. Yeah. Those are actually much more democratic. Like those are parliamentary. Yes. Yeah, uh, I I forget the uh, uh, name for our system, but yeah, no. Um, no, but this is actually like this isn't an accident. Like, the, if you if you if you ever read the, cause I I know like the founding fathers are like treated as like gods or whatever, but they're really not. Like, like if you read the uh, Federalist Papers, like you can tell, like it's obvious they hate the direct democracy. They only thought that like rich people, you know, in those days they would consider like like, like white male uh, landowners. Like, like, yeah, they hated direct democracy. Like, they 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 didn't want. The world people like if you remember like people couldn't even vote for Senate until nineteen like I don't know thirteen or nineteen twenty. Yeah, I think so. So, so the, this country has a long history of hating direct democracy. You know that's obviously the, uh, another symbol is you know superdelegates. Yeah. So uh, the American uh, system does not support direct democracy in any way. So that's yep. you know answers what you've been saying. Look at who just look at the name of the person that just walked into this room here. I mean, are we getting that late? Is it getting that late here? I think it is getting. Oh, I've seen that person before. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, at least look. If someone wants to admit what they are, I have no problem with that. You know, you can be just honest about what you are. 
that's not a big deal. Well, I think being against cum guzzlers is very anti-woman, you know? So let's not be mean to women. <laughs> okay. What what do you got with porn stars, Carthic? No, no. <laughs> that just came to my mind, that's all. <laughs> oh my goodness. A man a man's dream. A a heterosexual man's dream. Well, you know, l- let's not be anti porn stars either, okay? Let's 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 be I didn't say anti porn stars. I never said that. I never said anything of the um, kind. You know? So uh, are you, uh, ha- have you been following the Republican primaries? Like, I, I-, I haven't heard much news from DeSantis. Like, I-, I-, I heard he's been dropping in the polls. Is that true? Oh, God. He wants to talk now. Oh, Lord. Should I let him talk? Oh, he left. He left. Okay. I thought he was, different. you know, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know who that is. Uh, is say it, that again. No, I've, I've been hearing that DeSantis has been dropping in the polls. Is that true? He's not even a candidate. How can you drop in the poll if you're not a candidate? No, no, but he's still in the poll. He's been in the polls for a few months now. Actually, like, I'm going to read something. You want to stay on? Stay on. I was going to read. Oh this. my god! Like I don't like I said. It's Colin. It's not listening to, what, to whatever oh, story you're good. saying. No, it's listen to Mike. I'm the fucking uh, host. I'm the host. I thought it's called most. "Let's Be Heard," not "Listen to Mike." <laughs> I'm going to change the name of the show to "And Let You Hear okay, well, Me." Okay. Uh, <laughs> Tell me, first at least, like, what you're going to read. I'm going to read uh, DeSantis, the Florida legislative session has ended, and I'm just yeah. going to read okay. some of his accomplishments. That's all. I'm telling you, Mike, DeSantis is a scam. You know, he, I, I'll, okay. I'll talk about it once you leave. Okay. Once you Mike, shut I up. I guarantee you if he's become not going to let me talk. You're not going to let me talk about it. No, so no I'll I'll this is the last thing I'll say, and, and then I'll mute. I guarantee you, like if he, if he becomes president in two, three years, you'll also be disappointed in him too. Just I'm like not going to be disappointed. We're disappointed have... in Bernie. Okay, whatever. You can believe what you want. Uh, okay. I, I, I'll, right, I'll still respect you. But, okay, you know, whatever. All right, all right, mute. He's muted. Okay, so uh, hold on. Okay, um, ends. It's over. Right. Here's a couple. Here's some things. I don't even agree with all of this stuff, but. It is the greatest accomplishment of any governor of Florida, possibly any conservative governor ever. Okay, basically, they got everything done they wanted to get done, which is such as death penalty vote by jury decreased from unanimous to eight out of 12. That's not so bad. I like that's okay. A death penalty vote by jury decreased from unanimous to eight out of 12. Okay. That prevents someone from getting onto a jury simply forgetting about the case, forgetting about evidence, forgetting about any of that stuff, just to um, basically get on there to negate the death penalty. Okay, so anyway, fine. Abortion down from being made illegal from after 15 weeks down to six weeks. Fine. I'm okay with that as well. Carry concealed guns without a permit. Okay. Expand expanded the uh what was that last one i'm going to carry concealed guns without a permit okay expanded now by the way that can carry that carry concealed guns without a permit it's not from what i believe that's not getting a gun without background checks and a permit that's a concealed carry so once you have the gun legally you can then conceal it without a concealed carry permit an extra permit. Make sure you understand that because the left media will lie about that and say anyone can go get a gun tomorrow and no checks, no, no, no permits, no nothing. So you can carry a concealed gun. You can conceal it. 
You don't have to have that extra concealed carry, which made no sense to me. It made no sense to me. We have was the old West. We have to have we have to wear it on our hips anyway. Uh, expanded the parental rights bill to now eliminate teaching of sexual orientation and gender identity for all grades, not just K to 13 and K to three anymore. I agree with that also. Punching back at the LGBTQ agenda, equity, diversity, inclusion programs now being hammered in colleges across the state. Okay. So it's a, Let's see that. Equity, diversity, inclusion programs now being happened across the land and eliminated. Okay, we don't need that. What we need to teach, instead of teaching equity, diversity, inclusion, which, by the way, is such a large net, it depends on who's teaching that, right, depending on what you're going to get out of it. And most likely in colleges and schools, it's going to be teached by extreme liberals who are going to bring their own narrative, right, their own agenda to it. Teach things like math and like English and like science, okay? Very set curriculum things like math, English, and science. So we're no longer like 892nd behind Uganda in our education. So I like that also. Uh, immigration law reform with more accountability. Great. Countersued and handed Disney their ass on a platter, nullifying their 11th hour agreement to attempt to void the will of we the people and to hang on to their autonomous zone and special tax privileges. No company, no matter who they are, should get special privileges and have their own government. And any liberal that all of a sudden is pro-corporate America, pro-Disney, and thinks that corporations should get special breaks is totally full of shit. They're not actually a liberal. They're an illiberal. So uh, I think everyone should be able to agree with that. Governor Ron DeSantis is on fire, all made possible by a supermajority legislature. By the way, there's a lot more than this also. Good hires and sticking to what is right over what's popular. So, 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 basically, what this proves is Ron DeSantis gets things done, gets things done, and he can get things done as president if he also has the Congress to go along with it, just like he had the legislature to go along with it, right? Once he got that legislature to go, you know, once he got the Republican legislature, uh, the supermajority legislature, he was able to get things done, which proves he'll be able to get things done if he has the House and Senate as well. A little more difficult on a federal level, but that would, it, it, he's proving, he, this is why he was waiting, folks. This is why he was waiting till after this was done to run. So he can say, look at all of the conservative things I got done. He even might state it differently, and he should. He, he got good things done. He got the right things done. OK, and I can get things done. All right. I'm a winner who succeeds, not just the usual politician, the usual president who promises things, but never gets anything accomplished, whether they have Congress or not. So this is why he waited. And my prediction that he'd probably run in May or June is going to come true. He'll announce probably in a week or two or three. And then we can start looking at debates and polls once we get into like August, September, October, November. Right now, polls don't mean anything. All right. Let's put it this way. Polls don't mean a thing. So I'm going to wrap the show up here in a few minutes. But am I going? So folks, it's I want very quick calls. And I want to remind everyone, 
that unfortunately, uh, John Williams couldn't make it. So we're not going to have any film reviews this week. But next week, John, John had to go to a uh, party in uh, the Hollywood Hills. I can't say, John, fuck the party and come to San Francisco and play me in and out. So next week, John will be back here on Friday night and we'll have some film reviews. But I, I gave John the night off. So I hope no one's too disappointed. But I mean, a party in the Hollywood Hills or a night at Mike Cachopoli's apartment in San Francisco. What would you choose? Want to talk some more, or are you just floating around here? Uh, Mike, I, I couldn't uh, tolerate all your plays of descent. I'm telling you, man, descent, he's a, he's a very standard politician. Oh, God. He's going to disappoint Yeah, standard. Karthik, the, the standard politician, you. doesn't get anything done. Nothing. Whether what? you agree with it or not, they don't get anything done. No, I'm telling you, when it comes to the presidency, the uh, decisions are made a long time ago. Okay, so who should be the president then? Joe um, Nobody? Yeah, why not? Like that, that, that'll definitely be better than what's been happening for decades and decades. Um, but no, I'm just saying, you know, like, and who knows? Like, uh, and obviously, like, this won't even be proven if DeSantis loses. So to admit, this is maybe even useless talking about it. But I'm just saying, don't get your hopes up too high. You know, I don't want you to be hurt like how I was hurt about Bernie and shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Oh, are you excited about the debates, though? I'll, I'll be guarded. Yes, I'm very excited about the debates. Yeah, They're going to start be... in August. Yeah, it'll, it'll be good comedy. You know, we'll, we'll laugh together. It's not going to be good comedy because, you know, Trump's going to start his old shit of, you know, trying to put people down with names and... Well, isn't and, that where the comedy is? And schoolyards. But it's not going to work because it was funny, you know, eight years ago when the we didn't time. expect it. But yeah, now, hey, you know what this is going to be like, Karthik? The, the movie you talked about, right? Where the jokes just don't work anymore. That's oh, it. maybe. Well, who knows? That, that, that's possible. Yeah, it's going to be Guardians of the Guardians of the of the MAGA Guardians. Oh, shut up! Dude. No, 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 Guardians no. Of the Let's not make any Trump references. I'm so, uh, wait, uh, is Trump even going to the debates? Because I, I, I thought Trump said he's not going to the debates. Oh, he's full of shit. He said that last time also. He loves these well, debates. If you remember, like he actually did skip one of them. Like he skipped the one in like I think late January in sixteen. So he did skip one at least. Uh, he skipped very oddly the Fox debate. And yeah, no, it was like it was a fight with like Megyn Kelly or whatever, and like, and she didn't apologize or something. I don't know. It was some petty bullshit. But he loves, he loves them, and he knows he needs to participate because what will happen? You know, he's saying this bullshit of I got. Yeah, I know you hate when I do the impression, but whatever. I got fifty-two, and he's got twenty, and I'm I'm not going to thirty points it. But what he he's a He's pretending to be an asshole. Maybe he actually is, but he knows that he's the former president who has been a candidate for seven fucking months now. DeSantis isn't even in the damn thing yet. So once DeSantis gets in and the money comes in and the ads go on and all of a sudden come debate time, that 30 percent is going to be like 10 percent and he's going to have to debate. So trust well, me, he'll, you be, know there. Where, yeah. he'll uh, be there. He'll be uh, there. Uh, <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on RFK doing well? I just hope he, you know, no, because the Democrats are not going to have any debates. At least the Republicans, at least the Republicans are actually holding debates and they say whoever wants to show up, show up. The Democrats are not allowing debates. So it's going to be tough for RFK to get his message out there uh -huh. when all we got is the Biden establishment DNC on media calling him a nut job. Right. Yeah. Uh, see, I'll hang up. But all I'm gonna say is, man, 
DeSantis is bought and owned by okay. by, all, by right, all the all right. yeah, by yeah. all the bankers and you know. I'm bought I'm bought and owned. I'm bought. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I, I I said DeSantis is just like Trump. You know, Trump bought Biden. We all we're all bought. And owned by somebody, bought. baby. Anyway, um, no, nah, it's it's don't give me your bullshit false equivalents, man. It's different. Except you like, are an independent tennis player. So no, uh, no, 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 no. Okay, no, you, you're comparing people like you and me with a conscious compared to the uh, psychopaths that uh, run the shithole country. Right. So that's very different comparing a regular person like me or Not you really, or William yeah. um, to, a, uh, to a president or a senator or whatever. Okay. Karthik, I'm going to get to Bill. Have a good weekend, all right? Bill, long time to speak. Mike, can you hear me okay? I got you. I have to admit, I just caught the last part with Karthik. I Mother Nature woke me up. I've been a- <laughs> So, three thirty something in the morning here. So whatever, three forty-five, I think. Anyway, so um, I'm sorry I missed the beginning of the show or most of the show tonight. But uh, regarding DeSantis, you know, I have to agree with Kartnick on some level. Although I have seen, I do agree he has gotten some things done because he's had a supermajority. And, uh, you know, I'm totally on board with him fighting the globalists regarding the, um, uh, you know, what he did with the vaccine uh, uh, and Joseph, Joseph Latipo. And and it's interesting, you know, you're totally right about the DNC. They're, they're just S-H-I-T. You know what I mean? As far as I see, it's what it should be called. Because to not have debates is is pathetic. You know, of course it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, it would be interesting if they could you imagine if they were having debates, you have two on the, on the Democratic Party and then on the Republican Party, you have two people taking a stance against the vaccine. That would be great. I think that would be a, a, something that would help uh, overcome this uh, big pharma, you know, uh, sponsored by Pfizer. Well, um, and also, I think you know, I give I'll give uh Karthik this and Democrats this much is the RFK Democrats is that RFK Jr. even has more of a of, of a leg to stand on with the vaccine stuff than DeSantis does, right? He does. Because DeSantis was never, as we've talked about, really come out against the vaccines. He didn't force them, which is a huge thing. Uh-huh. It's a huge thing. He said, take them if you want, but you're not going to have to take them to get a job or go to, into a right. store here. But um, and that's no small thing, remember. That's no small thing for people who live in California, like myself, or New York. But RFK was totally against the vaccines from day one. So, and for good reason. You know, yeah. the other thing I like about him, and I wanted to touch on it, the corporatocracy, the corporate capture that has totally eroded our democracy. He talks about that, RFK. You know? Yeah. And that needs to be talked about. Because if we look at, like, the precision scheduled railroad uh that's that cutting back on maintenance cutting back on workers making the trains longer i mean that train that derailed east palestine was i've read a couple of different reports but somewhere near a mile and a half yes it's freaking nuts with yep. three you know uh engines in, and and two they only i think they were training somebody so they might have had a third but with this precision schedule railroading, you're down to two people on a train that long. They, you know how long it would take? Say, okay, once I don't want to get tied up in that too much. Other than to say, for for someone to get out of that train, once there's 
when they got the uh, heat sensors that went off three in a row, you know what I mean? But then this apparently uh, set at too high a temperature and not uh, to where things caught on fire. It didn't, the system broke down, you know what I mean? The right. maintenance broke down, the whole thing. That's all from precision scheduled railroading. And we've seen disasters after another environmental because of cut back on that same thing in the oil industry, the Gulf spill remember the um there was a three system failure on the bp uh um big gulf spill um because of lack of maintenance in fact my i worked for shaw environmental on federal superfund sites uh doing environmental remediation soil removal contaminated soil you know backfill with uh clean soil uh chasing groundwater uh, uh, contamination by digging, trenching, and uh, monitor injection wells up at Fort Ord. Right. And also Camp Pendleton and then here in New England. So one of my college roommates was with that company in uh, project management uh, for on the private side of the sector. I was working federal you know, super fun sites, but he was mm -hmm. on the private side. Mm -hmm. And I called him one day and we're bullshitting. He sounded really down. And I'm, and I'm like, Brian, what's the matter? He goes, Bill, we just had a major spill in the Boston Harbor. This goes back uh, to somewhere around 2009, I think. That's my recollection. And I said, Oh, he said, totally avoidable. If a valve failed. All they had to do was maintain their normal maintenance schedule. Wouldn't have happened, he said, but they're cutting back so much on maintenance to try and reduce their costs so they can show a larger profit to cost ratio for their stocks. It's all about building up the, the, the value of the stock. He said, sure. well, totally yeah. avoidable. Right now he goes, Hey, it's guaranteed work for us. We have this huge environmental issue now in the Boston Harbor. And this has been going on for way too long because of the corporatocracy. In fact, that's why we saw the outsourcing, you know, NAFTA, remember Rossboro? NAFTA, NAFTA, don't want that. You're going to hear a giant second sound. Jobs are going to go to Mexico, then to Asia, because when the EPA finally got strong enough to start reining in corporate, uh, uh, gross negligence. Remember the Calahuga River going into Lake Erie was on fire 10 times with flames as high as three and a half stories, burnt up two tugboats. That was the last straw. You know what I mean? In fact, you may remember the people, I didn't live in L LA, but New York, the air quality in New York, when I was driving into Fordham, you could see a rust colored haze as I was driving down the 95. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. And I remember that particular summer, there was 153 days or that year when we, when, remember the air quality got so bad, they told people with elderly or respiratory issues or young kids to stay inside. Yes. The, absolutely. It was 153 days. It was like that. Jesus. That's Christ. crazy. That's, that's insane. 153 you know? days. That's insane. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, and so this is the issue I have with eroding environmental regulation. Yes, there's two sides of that. Because, for example, I had a property with my ex. 
it cost us $11,000 in permit fees to do, I, I used to operate back home, obviously, to do a permitted septic systems, we had old property. I was trying to upgrade it right. and then turn the barn into a house. You know, we wanted to expand the old barn and remodel it. And I put in a septic system and da, da, da. the permit fees for that particular project alone, Mike, were over $11,000. Oh, $11,000? Yes. Oh, that's crazy. Yes. That's One of them was an environmental impact study. What? It was a permanent septic system for fucking, you know, a two, what was it was? Three bedroom, you know, two bath, uh, 2,000 square foot. We're going to turn the barn from 1,200 square foot to 2,000 and make it a house. That was going to be our main house, right? Right. It, then there was, we were up a dirt road about, I don't know, somewhere around a quarter mile, but Lake Wolford Road coming out of Escondido was a windy mountain road. And you go all the way up to 2,000 foot elevation and not quite. Then you, you hit the dirt road, you climb and maybe another 300 foot elevation to around 2,000 foot total elevation. Up a dirt road, they, they, they required a traffic impact report and study. That's insane. Keep in mind, they, they had just built uh, the Valley Center Casino, right? And so you had tour buses, not only going up Main Street Escondido, up the huge grade into uh, Valley Center, because it's a much big, big change in elevation from sea level of 2000. So you got this huge grade. You had the tour buses, Mike, going up Lake Wilford Road, a windy mountain road to get the the Valley Center Casino. And we were going to add a couple cars. People, oh you know, and we had to pay for a traffic impact study. That was freaking nuts. So what happened was a lot of the neighbors, the old timers, would just do their own thing. Building, put a house up, do a septic system and not pull permits because it was just too costly. Right. You know, on the flip side, you have the Calahuga River, you have the Love Canal, you know, you have the environmental disaster that's going on in East Palestine. And that would, we could talk about another night, but boy, oh boy, what a, oh my God, what's going on there for those people is, it's horrible. It really is. Yeah. Hey, Bill, I'm going to wrap the show up, but oh, any, any final word? Yes, I wanted to mention regarding corporatocracy real quick. Okay, I put a link in the live chat. The Children's Health Defense Fund, which is Robert. RFK Jr.'s, yeah. Yeah, thing. Okay, May 24th, the uh, uh, World Health Organization is going to vote on a pandemic treaty, believe it or not, uh, agreement, and what's called International Health Regulation Amendments. The IHRs were instituted in 2005, and they were – voluntary for all 194 member nations you know they mm-hmm. were the world health organization will make recommendations although we saw the uh heavy push because of uh the the, the biggest donors are the gates foundation the uh let's see the rockefeller foundation the wellness trust and gavi which is an ngo uh, vaccine organization actually those combined exceed all the member nations contributions for financial. So it's heavily influenced. That's why we got what we got from them because, you know, I'm big pharma and a big influence. So now I'm trying to be quick. So the thing is that IHR amendments, Mike, read that we could talk about it. It would take away article three, our individual rights of, of choice and, and even the uh, member states individual rights. <laughs> and it would under equity, 
equity where they make a policy and they determine, Mike, what the science is and what the truth is. I know. I've heard about this. It's incredibly um, dangerous. It's incredibly dangerous. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Well, so let, I know you let, want to let, wrap up the show. Go ahead. Let's, talk, let's talk more about it Monday. I'll, I'll, yes, I'll, okay. Yeah, we'll talk more about it. Bill, have a good weekend. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate you too. it. Bye. Yeah. Bill, have a good weekend. Everyone have a good weekend. Um, by the way, people like, oh, I'm so upset, Mike. You're not doing a film review. Well, I want to remind people that even though John Williams isn't here to play me in and out because he has that party in Hollywood Hills, um, go see Bo is Afraid. That's my, like, big film. My, my big recommendation is Bo is Afraid. If you haven't seen it with, with Joaquin Phoenix, directed by Ari Aster, uh, especially if you're a fan of Ari's films, Hereditary and Midsommar, Say Midsommar, uh, go see Bo is Afraid, okay? Something to do for the weekend. And make sure you um, have the time. Make sure you schedule appropriately because it's about three hours. It's kind of an epic film, but Bo is Afraid, okay? All right. Well, that's going to wrap up a great week, a great week of shows. I really want to thank everyone who called, including Bill and, and, and Daniel and all the other callers, Karthik. Um, and uh, I want to remind everyone, the name of this show is And Let's Be Heard. And it airs weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. Which means, if you know the days of the week and the weekend, I won't be here tomorrow or Sunday, but I'll be back Monday night, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern, for And Let's Be Heard. But until then... This is Micah Chopley reminding you that your influence counts. Use it.